Welcome. If you are joining us from our previous sessions, you know we are generally comedic, semi-intelligent, gay as fuck, and often not very serious people. However, today's film requires restraint, complex and nuanced discussions about World War II, war, the art, the nature of art, and the Criterion Collection. Therefore, we have made the executive decision to be silly up top, followed by sincerity. So without further ado, here is everything funny about Come and See. This concludes everything funny about Come and See. I now turn it to the intellectuals. I am Movie K Man the Third, also known as K, also known as Keegan, and I will be one of your hosts this evening. I am accompanied by a well-renowned person of high intellect, my co-host Naf, who will make a self-degrading comment about his own intellect. Hush. Oh my goodness. Um, how dare you? You can't even put your phone on doing this day. This episode is cursed! <laughs> uh, the universe doesn't want us to share this film with people, but we want to. And uh, yeah, but we will so much press on! We will not let tyranny and oppression and fascism get us down. Nav, take it away! Exactly right. And um, yeah, thank you for that intro. Um, beautiful as always, uh, Mr. Movie Man. And yeah, I'm really excited to get into this episode too. Um, yeah, I'm enough on second thought. I have fantastic intellect and I'm really, really smart. There we are. <laughs> I now move to introduce the final member of our trio, the person who brought us this powerful film, the brave soul who dared to give us a more intense film than Schindler's List. We are truly going forward into the black with our dear friend, Chase. Hi there. Uh, I am Chase. I am at Forward into the Black on TikTok and Twitch and all social media. Um, but yeah, I I love sharing this film with people. It's uh, an intense film. Uh, as Keegan said, there is not a funny or fun moment in this movie. Um, no. And I'm I'm really excited to talk about it. There's a lot to talk about. With this oh, movie. there's so much. It's it's a long film. It's an intense film. It's an uncomfortable film. But we'll we'll get into a lot of that more. But yeah, I'm very excited to talk to you guys about it. Well, and we've been so like excited to have you on this show. Like ever since we met back in Celebration, obviously we knew of you and like had this thing there. But being able to actually connect with you and being able to have this was a phenomenal thing for both of us. And we are very excited to be able to talk about a film that, frankly, has been on my watch list for a bit ever since uh, Letterbox wouldn't shut up about it. And uh, I feel that that's the case. But Naf, uh, what are we doing here? What the hell are we doing here? Why are we even attempting this at this present why, moment? Uh, why are we here is very different from why viewers would be here as well. Uh, well, I mean, not really. Uh, we're here because we have to be. We're contractually ob obligated uh, to put out an episode every week. And uh, we hate we hate doing it. So if you're here, stop stop watching because then we don't have to come back and do it every week. Uh, no, of course, I'm kidding. We absolutely love doing this. I and mean, this segment of the One With The Films podcast is known as the weekly watch list. And on the weekly watch list, we essentially are bringing new things to your watch list each week. The way it works is 
every time you come and check out an episode, somebody on that episode will have not seen the film of the week. So somebody's checking out something new for the first time. The way it started, usually it was me introducing stuff to Keegan and vice versa, trying to get each other to watch uh, some of our favorite films that we hadn't seen before. And that's expanded now into introducing guests. So now guests can bring us films that we've never seen before. We get to check them out for the first time and uh, essentially have uh, a fantastic old time usually, you know? We look forward to these because the films don't usually break your heart for two hours and 23 okay. seconds. Okay. Came on here with The Illusionist. I came on here with Schindler's List. That is absolutely not true. Yeah, that is right. not true. Our active goal is to break hearts. Absolutely. Just do it in more unique ways. No, yeah, you're definitely right on the money there. But, um, yeah, so it's a great place to be if you are trying to find more films that you want to watch, you want to kind of uh, open your uh, mind to new kinds of films or things like that, uh, or even if you are uh, trying to get through your watch list, chances are you're going to find some of our films on there as well because as, you know, self-proclaimed, like, film lovers, we also surprisingly have not seen as many films as you might expect. So, yeah, that's what we're doing here. Welcome to One With The Films. We all have that one film that we have not seen. We all have that one thing that we know we should have. Yeah. And we all have all that stuff there. And we're here to help you out with that. And, you know, here's the thing. If you're listening live, you actually get a little sneak peek at whatever our episode of the next week is. So if you're listening live or you get a chance to check on our social medias or you listen to this the week of, we always announce our next episode and our guest at the very end of this show so stick around to the end and you'll find out what we're doing next it is a little bit more upbeat so i've heard and uh well let's get to it so uh chase uh you brought this film you brought this film into to us did. today you did this to us and um uh <laughs> and uh so now obviously uh this is come and see 1985 you brought this and and I, you know, obviously we're going to get to why we're going to get to why you wanted to bring this in and what it means to you, all joking aside, because it is a very powerful film. And I am very excited to talk about that part. But Neff, uh, you have some not quite fun facts about this film. Mm. Yeah. Well, in this state, like like Chase was saying, like for this film in particular, we're going to do something wild and just go with facts. Uh, they're not so fun. Uh, and some of the ones are inspired quite- by our friend Tate. Yeah, the, some of these are quite uh, the opposite of fun, if I'm honest. But uh, yeah, let's let's dive right in. I'll tell you guys a little bit about Come and See from 1985. So on a budget of $2.5 million and directed by Ilem Klimov, this masterpiece of Soviet cinema screened for the first time at the 1985 Cannes Film Festival. It explores the effects of war on innocent civilians with an emphasis on children and has a cult following, with an 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb from 50,000 reviews and 4.6 out of 5 on Letterboxd as well. While not explicitly based on a true story, it is inspired by the experiences of the director, Ilem Klimov's family, as well as many others during World War II. It's touted as one of the most realistic and brutal depictions of war on film and grossed $72,000 in the US and Canada, but then went on to bring in about 21 million US worldwide. It failed to get any Oscar, uh, any Oscar nominations, but won Best Restored Film at the Venice Film Festival in 2017. Live ammunition was used in this film. So it interviews the actor for um, Fleora Alexei uh, Kravchenko has described actual bullets passing some 10 centimeters above his head. And if you've seen the film, you can probably put together a couple more key moments in which the live ammunition impacted the performances of both human and non-human uh, actors, if you will. Rough uh, actors, if you will. Rough. <sighs> 
yep. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 tempted to say a joke, but I'm going to resist because I have control. Uh, but well, I want to dive into a little bit of what each of us knew, sort of going into the film. We know that uh, Chase brought the film to us, so I mean, I can go out pretty quickly and say I didn't know this existed again, which is kind of my common sentiment each time I come on a, on a, the podcast with an episode that has a film from a guest, and I love that. So one of my favorite things coming in and going, I didn't know this was oh, a thing, yeah. and now I do. I love that. Um, I did uh, recognize uh, seeing the title for it because I've spent a lot of time on like the letterbox lists and they've got, you know, best ranked all time. And as we saw, like 4.6 out of 5 is like easily, it's in the top 100 on letterbox. So I've seen it before, uh, just there, but didn't know what it was about or anything. And I didn't even put the dots together when you recommended the film to us as well, Chase. Like I heard it and i heard it's a rough watch and my brain went straight to is it going to be something like that serbian film or something where like it just is super like gory or visceral and i'm really glad that it wasn't like that kind of thing however um it was something so much worse (laughs) (laughs) but and with that like i i had similar to you neff i i knew of this film via tiktok like there's been a couple of people that i follow that talk about this film uh Mm. and when you suggested it chase uh that was the one that i wanted to do immediately because i was like i want to see what this is about i want to see what this you know because everybody talked about how disturbing it was and i was like it's kind of like when uh, i am opposition defiant adhd so it's it's like when people recommend things to me i often have the opposite reaction uh and so this one when everybody's like oh it's so disturbing i don't know if people can take it a part of me goes how disturbing how 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 disturbing we talking very uh, but uh, like, it's one of those things that I, I was curious just to see, like, what kind of what we were really dealing with. And uh, so with this, I'm curious how you got introduced to this film and kind of especially obviously it means something to you, something especially very powerful to you. Uh, I'm curious to know kind of what that process was bringing it to us. How do you see it for the first time? Bring us up to speed. Yeah, uh, I so one of my old roommates was the person who showed me this film. And I it's funny that now if you brought up a Serbian film, because like I have always had groups of friends that it was always like we get together, we watch fucked up cinema and and like we have a good time with it. Like we watch, you know, Serbian film, Martyrs, uh, Human Centipede trilogy, all that stuff. And like those are like disturbing, gross films. And so when anyone kind of like how you said, when you when says like, oh, this is a disturbing film, I'm like, okay, whatever, fine. Like I've I've been to the depths of the internet and seen like the weird faux snuff films. And I'm like, okay, it's, it's all it's all fake, whatever. And he was like, oh, well, we should watch Come and See. It's a really good movie. Um, and his his girlfriend's from Kazakhstan. And another kind of fun fact is like the restoration translation is not 100 percent accurate. So there's she said that there's some things that are said in that movie that are a little bit more less fun than the translation says. And e- um, even given the translation, like it's it's worse. Right, than that? It's not. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> not like not like like you know the scenes and the story don't change but she's like that's sure. not what they said uh they said something worse yeah um, i experienced that a bit this but, year when i was watching blue beetle uh and they've like the the family speaking in spanish and they're like swearing i think at one point he's like yeah like fuck her mom or something like that and it, in the 
uh, subtitles literally goes, fight, get her. And I was like, what? That reminds me of like Joji, Filthy Frank, like doing like Japanese subtitles, but he was saying something way worse. <laughs> oh, uh, I love it. But um, but no, like this this movie as someone who like enjoys fucked up movies, gross movies, super gory movies, like someone like one year for Christmas or Christmas or a birthday, like gifted me a, like a, a Japanese version of like DVD box set of the guinea pig collection. And I was like, hell yeah, Fuck. this is great. Uh, and I'm like, I great. I, I went into come and see like expecting this. And what I think is so interesting about this movie and why it, like it. I don't want to say impacted me, but it stuck with me was this is not a gory movie. This is not mm. an overtly violent movie. This is not like someone gets shot and there's blood everywhere and, you know, that kind of stuff. That's not this movie. It is it is the way it's shot. It is the way it's presented to you. And it is just like more or less no, from the opening scene on the beach it is non-stop yeah. uh like it it doesn't let up uh even when like in the scene in the when they're in the woods in the rain uh when it's uh Glasha and flora like it's supposed to be like the happy moment but it's not yeah. it, it like, feels it's, so unnerving it's, it's so unsettling it is just like this the sped up dancing and stuff like that it's just mm -hmm. it's not it's not fun to watch like it's a movie i enjoy experiencing like but it's not like yeah you're gonna you're gonna have a good time like there's there's movie like there's world war ii vietnam movies that have these moments of like hey we're the comrades we're chuckling and joking and hey here's the thing that doesn't happen in the movie like it's, no. there's no moment it has like there's no one line. moment where it kind of does but like this whole film is caked in that like dreary yeah like dreariness a little bit but and it's but that even those moments it's like don't fool me don't fool me i know nothing good can happen when they're when they're bringing the mannequin and they're joking yeah. with each other is like one moment where like they're they're having a good time but like at the same time like they're getting shot at and then when you realize they're getting shot at with bullets not with like special effects and like little mini explosions in the tree mm -hmm. they're shooting they're shooting at they are literally being shot shots. at yeah and it's just like uh it's just it's so i don't want to say it's difficult to watch but it is it is just one of those things where you you don't smile when watching it <laughs> like at all oh yeah like but, I, th yeah. there was yeah and, and well and speaking of which uh as we're going into our discussion today, Naf, do you want to uh, update our audience on obviously our spoiler policy with sort of how things go? Yeah, absolutely. So the idea behind the, the, the weekly watch list as well is that by giving you guys a week in advance to, to know what film we're going to talk about and then come and join us in chat, the idea is that you've watched the film uh, coming into the episode. If you haven't, that's okay. Uh, just be mindful that when we talk about it for the next, uh, you know, like an hour or so, uh, we're not going to be uh, throwing out uh spoiler alerts or anything like that like this this is your spoiler alert like we're going to be talking about the film as three people who've seen it with the uh, expectation that you've probably seen it as well if you haven't uh you still can hang around for this this is totally fine if anything it might prompt you to actually go and check the film out and see what we're talking about uh in in real life i suppose you know for lack of a better a better phrase but yeah be mindful we're not going to be uh 
avoiding any spoilers necessarily. So if you do want to go into the film completely blind, videos and uh, podcast episodes are available on demand anywhere you get your podcasts. So here on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That being said, I reckon we can jump right into probably our first uh, topic uh, of conversation. And uh, I wanted to kick us off where we talk about art, essentially, and its meaning. And I know that, uh, Kay, you really want to talk about the, the kind of the point of, of art in general. So I was wondering if maybe you could kick us off and we'll go from yeah. there. Yeah, Chase and I were having a little conversation off mic and something that I know that we kind of wanted to get into that I thought might as well kick it off because I think that, the, especially with this story, I feel there is nothing better than to do this. Um, art has a very, like, uh, obviously art has a purpose. Is, uh, like, I, I feel when you look at films like this, especially at Chase, as you were saying, this is a hard, hard watch. And we've watched some of these kind of films on this podcast before, like Schindler's List to me, probably prior to this, was probably the hardest watch, like at least I had seen, but from a emotional, you know, like you have horror and things like that, and that's meant to affect you in a different way. Mm but there's a certain almost weird comfort to horror because you know that that's fake. This is very different. Mm -hmm. This is what art can be is art kind of like the force. You have kind of the light side, which is kind of the beauty and the things there. And art is also incredibly dark and it's meant to warn you about, you know, things to avoid it's cautionary tales it's things like that and i i personally feel when i think about art and i think about what does it mean to create what does it mean to make something like this and when you make something like this as as chase was saying when there is no levity there is no relief there is no coming up for air i feel it, it has a similar intention to something like schindler's list uh or things like that but it doesn't it has a very different aim, mm. a very different goal while being in the overall same tone of things. And I, I kind of want to open up the, the discussion to the floor. But like when I was watching this, it really made me ponder uh, something that we'll revisit later. But it is, you know, uh, Chase, you mentioned something in your video, which is like, should stuff like that, should movies like this exist? Like, and what is the purpose of of stuff like this and i think that this film really opens up your eyes when you know how accurate this movie is because it's one thing to go oh my god that was so excessive but it wasn't that was what happened yeah like how how do our brains even begin to reconcile that mm. And that's the thing that this film really triggers in me and the idea of art being difficult. Yeah. That art isn't the, oh, let me think about purpose and meaning and things that the art can be fucking horrifying. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys have thoughts on that, but like I wanted to kind of broad topic open up. I know, Chase, you want to talk a lot about the kind of the anti is this an anti-war film and things there. And I am really curious to know your thoughts on all of this. Yeah, I mean, it's when you when you bring up a movie like Schindler's List, which is an incredible film, like it is like an achievement of filmmaking um, and it is also difficult to watch. But what I think 
Schindler's List and every other movie that has tackled the subject of like the Holocaust or World War II or the Vietnam War, whatever it may be, like these terrible moments in history is the best way I can explain it is those are museum pieces. Those are something you're watching through a glass wall. Um, And while Mm. Schindler's List is really good from the first scene on the beach in come and see the trend of the film is the actors are looking directly into the camera um and you are you are a participant in the film come and see yeah Um, you are there with them they are looking at you and they are talking to you during this film and that's where the the pane of glass behind the museum display, which you get in like Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, Full Metal Jacket, it goes away. And you're no longer watching this drama about war, about the Holocaust. Um, and I think what's so interesting about this is like it definitely does briefly touch on what kind of like, you know, the discrimination of like that was going on with the Germans. But this is a movie about the war it's not focused mm. on the holocaust it's not focused on that it is about the brutality of the war and when we can definitely talk about it if, when we get into like being anti-war but when you look at something like uh saving private ryan and you know you see the the violence that happens on that and it's usually gunshots and explosions um that are doing that whereas come and see it's much more than gunshots and explosions that's causing the violence and it's it's the psychological it's the being it's a whole different approach yeah like even even the open like even like after we get the title screen and we go into the into flores village and he's like I'm joining the partisans because I want to stop the Germans like they're invading Belarus and we're a proud people and I want to do it. And his, and his mother's like, don't go. What are you doing? You can't go. You're going to leave your, your two toddler sisters and myself to do to, to go off in this war that we know you're not going to come back from. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just like realizing that, like, this was especially on, on the Russian front, that it was not this hoorah. We're going, no. we're going to Europe to, to fight the Nazis. Like, that's not us. <laughs> Like that's not at all what was happening. And I think in so many different lights, the movie like shines on like even the people of Russia, like you, are they the protagonists of the film? Yes. Are they the good guys? It's like, it's hard to say sometimes. Oh yeah. Uh, Cause I mean, you have that whole scene with the guy and his cow. So it's like, are these people fully like, you know, it, it, it really, dives into and Naf, I really want to know what you thought about all of this. Uh, obviously, like how did this sort of affect you mm. in that sort of, you know, idea? Because as you're saying, like, like Chase, you know, the unconventional filmmaking of this film really does lend itself to an unconventional discussion about it. Yeah, because this is not like it's not like other films, <laughs> but uh, it's, um, you know, it's it truly isn't, though. Like, as you said, like so many of the choices that it makes. And this is why I love and recommend to people um, checking foreign cinema out, like just because it has subtitles. Don't be intimidated by that, because you'll see filmmaking that you would never see in the West. 
like you'll you'll like nobody would choose like very few people like they do the looking down the camera, but they do it because they learned it from this. Mm. You know, they learned it from films like this. Now, I'm curious to know your point and thoughts about like all of this shit, like kind of especially like with, you know, I know you you were really impacted by the POV shots. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, a lot of of what's resonated with this film to me does come in in the craft of it, and uh, I know we all kind of had thoughts on how it's kind of put together too. And I'll touch a little bit on that sort of first topic, and then it's probably a good point to just transition into that that second part as well. Um, I was watching it, and I know there was a particular the question from yourself, Chase, around is this actually an anti-war film? And it felt very similar to. Uh, like the experience watching something like All Quiet on the Western Front versus uh, something like Saving Private Ryan, or even to a certain extent, um, like there are certain scenes in Fury that do that really well. That, are, that you know they yes. kind of start with that mentality of like this is what it's been, it's the the reality of of what war is, you know. And I think in particular, there's that scene with um uh with Logan Lerman and with John Bernthal after the the girl that he liked the body's kind of like found like those moments that still are kind of westernized a bit there with you know like the the dialogue is very like come on boy this is what war is let's go and in this film from the the, the lens of kids that are experiencing or a child essentially that's experiencing this it is very very different though uh I did find that sort of opening of him walking with the partisans and big smiles on his face and he's really excited compared to the the last shot of him um which oh my god yeah even to the point where there's the shot where they've got him in focus and the kid walks behind him and i thought oh he's like reflecting on where he's come from he turns around it's just another kid that was dressed like he was joining the partisans and going and you just yeah i thought the same thing in how what where their life has brought them you just see this kid who looks like he's aged a million years and you see the other kid who's just fresh they just they just found him he's ready to go it is it's it's wild um yeah and so in that sense it feels uh to to me like uh like it leans into that anti-war uh side of things quite a bit and then particularly how the ending does a bit of a Almost the Tarantino thing. Obviously, well, Tarantino's doing the this thing, right? But, you know, like I was thinking in Glorious Bastards where you've got the the change of the history that kind of happens there. Um, I was seeing that a little bit in everything this kid wanted as he's taking shots at that poster. Uh, that I, I can't really have an effect on the outcome of this. Like, what I say, what I do doesn't matter. I recognize that now. All I can do is just get my anger out on this little thing and dream about the only bullets he been. fires in the movie if i'm not yeah, mistaken that it is, he does not fire because I, I i re-watching and i was like that was my thought the first time watching it i was like does he ever shoot the gun he never shoots the gun not yeah. once until he shoots the the poster of hitler mm. fucking 18 times yeah. <laughs> oh god yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, as and I said, think that's also oh, well. Go yeah. ahead, Chase. I want to hear your thoughts yeah. on all this. Yeah, I was saying like it's just it's just one of those things of like the footage, and it's just it's unconventional World War Two footage of Adolf Hitler. Oh, yeah. That you like you, you we've all seen like the 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 YouTube snippet. All I can say the History Channel snippets mm. of like his his speeches and just the weird. Yeah. But it's like this is just. You, like where they got the footage, I don't know. Don't care to know. Frankly, um, yeah. But watching it and then watching it in reverse, and it's just like, and it's it's another thing about kind of like the unconventional filming. This is a loud beat. 
This is yeah. like it is. It doesn't really. I mean, it lets up from sometimes, but like I think other like movies like Tenant have tried to do loudness and like dialogue second, ambient sound first, mm-hmm. and this one definitely does that and and it shows because Flora is like multiple like three to four times in the film he has to he's like covering his ears because of everything going on around him you know not just the the initial the initial scene where um, they're in the forest and the the bombs start dropping but just like him going to the other village that his family knew and they're just calling out his name constantly and they're che- they're just checking on him making sure he's okay yeah but he can't handle it because and it's just like the sound doesn't let up and yeah. it's just one of those things of just like that that's the final scene or that that last little scene with um with him shooting the poster is so loud and oh yeah it's just uh it's not only his gunshots it's just the the speeches and the crowds and it's and you the see music. just the music just it's the german citizens you're you, you, they look like you and me they look yeah. like anyone you would go see right now screaming hail hitler and you're just like this was not like the bad boys in the in the german outfits this was a whole nation this was a nation yeah the, that's uh, always what i've thought about like not to interrupt you with it with this but like oh, no please uh what i've thought about with stuff like this like i, I did a uh naf gnosis i did a project on the holocaust like i did a, i was part of a documentary about it and i i was thinking about that and that that was the thing that in my research really affected me because it's one thing that i feel like we're very tempted and this movie touched on it in a in a huge way that i rarely am the person even in the privacy of my own home i'm rarely the person that yells at a screen like i'm 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 rarely am the person that will verbalize what i'm feeling when I'm watching something, this is one of the, f- I, I like in the past three years, I can name like three films that did this. And this is the third. Mm-hmm. And it's like this one, that moment when that asshole SS com- commandant changed out of his oh. clothes and he was in like, and it's like, oh, he's just a guy like he did it. And it's them pleading for their lives after we just saw what the fuck they just did i was like oh you piece of shit oh you like especially i had a verbal reaction when he goes he didn't kill anybody and i'm like i just i had a i had an audible anger reaction to that like i i just i still i still it gets me heated I don't know about you, Naf, but that was like one that was like getting me. Hmm. Well, Chase, you had a point you wanted to make there. Oh, I was just saying the the scene under the bridge with the the captured <sighs> SS people from the barn, and we'll get to the we'll get to the barn. Oh, the barn <laughs> is its own thing. <laughs> um, like... the, the the barn is shocking and brutal. Um, but the scene under the bridge or like that, that makeshift bridge that they're under yeah. um, when you have like the the 40 something partisans and the dozen SS, um, it is such shocking thing because what's what's interesting about the movie is we when flora goes to the second village uh where everyone knows him and he sees um one of his one of the people from his village uh and this is probably the most graphic the movie gets is the guy who's been burned oh yeah um and it's just like i can't think of another movie that shows that and like what 
you know what burns like on a person and, and it's just like he can't speak he's he's gross he's tough to look at he doesn't look human mm-hmm. um and then you fast forward in the movie and you and you see the barn scene and the the fire that goes on with that and, and it's just like fire in this movie is just not a good thing and when we get to the bridge with the ss and he's translating and then you have the the pretty boy uh ss guy not letting up and just like you don't deserve a nation like you don't deserve this you are a parasite and he just he's like he's like and what's what's shocking about that and again kind of like the 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 fact about this not the fun fact this is all first-hand accounts from like the belarusian people um and And he's not letting up and 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 it's like you have of the guy like you talked about that like switched clothes and he's like he's i'm not this is his this is his words i'm not saying it's like he knows at this point he's like like <laughs> this dude is not and he's like he's he knows what's happening he knows what's gonna happen he's gonna die like this but he's like this is his belief this is his strong firm belief mm-hmm. and when when flora comes by with the gas can and he just sets it down and the guy just starts pouring it you like you know what's going to happen to them and it's just like you're like yeah yeah burn them burn them shoot them burn them it's not enough it's not enough it it makes us that primal nature that kicks in like you've just seen the worst things you could possibly see and then you're going to be like yeah they deserve it yeah yeah absolutely and that's and it kind of shows and Naf, I really want to know what your take on it is, but kind of with the anti-war thing, it takes a very interesting, unique toss to that, where like it is anti-war by making you almost empathize with the anger and the horror and being like, how horrific is this? Yeah. But it's but it's looking at you and it says you wanted to burn them too. And you're a little disappointed that it it didn't happen. Yeah. Like that is the thing that is one of the most brilliant parts of that film is the fact that that is not how they die. The guy drops the fucking flame and then, cause it's like they set you up with like a very poetic end for these people. It's kind of like what you deal gets dealt back to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's not what happens. Yeah. And the audience is left with that in their hearts of without the relief of being like, yeah, fuck you guys. Like, yeah, like absolutely there. It's like that. No, it's never it's you're you are not satisfied. Mm. And that's the point. Yeah. And now I'm curious to know what you feel about all of that in yeah. general, like especially like that scene, all those things. Yeah, well, one of the things that I jotted down uh, as, as something that we wanted to talk about, particularly in the unconventional filmmaking, is how uh, comfortable the director, Elam Klimov, is in just letting things sit. You know, like, it's like the longer you stare at it, the, the worse it gets. Uh, that is kind of feels like a theme throughout the film, where all of these moments just go on so, so long and don't ever let up and pull their punches. And one of them I thought of was... um even outside of like a like an action element but when uh flora and uh sorry what was the girl's name i forget great glasha 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 yeah so as they're wading through the bog and glasha's seen the bodies and flora hasn't and just moving through the bog while she's kind of like looking back and you can just see her trying to figure out 
do I tell him? Do I not tell him? Like, he knows where they went. Like, I don't know. And he's just dragging her through the bog and it just goes and it goes and I'm sitting there watching it and I was like, uh, they're struggling so much for what f- I feel like I know is no reason. And those sequences I found like horrifying and difficult to watch in the same way that setting a barn on fire and hearing screams felt uncomfortable to watch. So it, it yeah. felt like a lot of the time it just holds on to those moments way longer than it needs to to even have an impact. And as a result, that impact is then dialed up uh, significantly. Um, and you get that with those POV shots of someone looking yeah, directly at the camera and speaking things like I think the one of the first shots is the the mum telling Fleora just kill us just kill us then you may as well kill us and that's like directly at the camera I was like Whew, okay yep I, I, I relived a little bit actually. of trauma with that moment I, I joke around I joked around with Naf a poor joke knowing how the rest of this movie turns out but uh i was like i was like damn she scares me more than the germans at this present moment was when she's handing the axe to her son Mm. just saying kill us which also like does a great job of also explaining even if us uh, us at the audience going jesus christ okay like it's you it's have to train serious, your audience man. yeah like like we're thinking that we're yeah. like oh it's gonna be fine right like I like maybe not that... fine but it's like it's gonna like it's not gonna be that bad and then it's like as the film progresses we see now why she was so afraid and it's even like with the with the guy burning i just had a moment where i was like this what because naf you you had a great point of the director lets you sit mm-hmm. on these moments so when you get to the barn i i'm literally sitting here and i'm like how the fuck did we even get there yeah because like i'm just like it's almost like it's this kind of vague blur of a movie yeah that's like it's just so linear that it feels like it kind of all blends together in a beautiful way like i I, that all of a sudden you're you're just here Mm. like he all it's kind of in a similar way that we talked about like past lives where almost the editing is invisible yeah in this movie until you get to moments like the ending which i think is on purpose because it's like we've lulled you into this false sense of security and then the bam he shoots the portrait it's a it's a jump cut yeah it's like it's you know the point is that the director knows what they're doing and it's that moment of just as you sit there and you're listening it's also being like the burn victim that that village was attacked in the same way that we see later on, but mm-hmm. we don't know that yet. We just get like that foreboding sense. Like, I don't know if I'm reading too far into it or things there, but that's what I felt. No, I think you're absolutely right. And I was thinking about that too, because I feel like particularly as the film starts and you got Fleura coming home real happy with his gun and he's ready to join the partisans. While we do um, kind of, we sort of know where it's going to go, you know, based on what our preconceived notions are going into the film. But in the same sense, we're looking at the mom kind of going, it's not that big a deal. Like, yeah, he's going to have a rough time of it, but like he's going to do what he needs to do, like chill. It's like he doesn't have to kill the toddlers, like stop. I think that that's yeah. also a little bit of what Fleora is experiencing there too. And that's a lot of what Chase was talking about, how like we're a participant in this film. Like in that sense, like we're almost an... Uh, he's almost an audience insert for us and he's reacting in the same way even when he looks over at the kids and winks at them and kind of like pretends and the mum comes back it's like dude it's not a joke like this is serious like this is serious things 
uh, I think that that almost is that wake up moment for us as viewers within the film to go, hey, yeah, it does feel a little bit like much, doesn't it? But there's a reason for that, and I'm going to show you why. I think that that is, like you were saying as well, okay, like masterful direction. Masterful. Yeah, I think one thing, you know, you, like you said, and it's a great, great example of like, the, uh, they're not afraid to let things sit. But the other thing they're not afraid to do, which is consistent to the film, is having scenes that essentially have no purpose. And it's mm -hmm. just like when when they like you said with the bog of like there's no need to go through this bog his family is dead he doesn't need to look for them on this other like inlet island and then the scene or the the, the sequence i should say with the the explosive mannequin dressed up as hitler um we don't really see like they we see them plant it but we don't see that it took out anything um it doesn't take out a tank we don't or at least we don't know the only explosion we hear is they stepped on a mine mm -hmm. um like the three partisans that went off with flora to just they and they they carried this thing and they're talking about how difficult it was to carry this thing this huge explosive mannequin um and they put it into a crossroads and we see a, you know a german vehicle go past it we don't see anything happen with it and then the the two funny guys right the, yeah. the comic relief the the two minute <laughs> the, comic the relief, comic relief. The film, um they both step on a landmine and you know we just see a foot um yeah. and then after after that um the the guy carrying it the kind of like semi-commander of the of yeah. the squad is shot and yeah. it's just flora left and it's like what happened nothing that mm. all what of that that whole sequence is essentially for nothing um and i think you know there's a lot of moments in this film um where it's just like it's it's so funny to like hear discussions on the internet of like modern films like oh well like in this movie this scene nothing happened and it's like yeah sometimes that's intentional like mm -hmm. sometimes people do things for no reason and the the failure uh, or the like fu the futility of of the scene is is the point mm. um and i think yeah. that this movie has a lot a lot of that um and it's just like 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 him him getting his gun like pulling the gun out of the sand and struggling and the only time he uses it is to shoot a poster and like that was yeah. such a big moment and it's just like he he doesn't he doesn't go out in a blaze of glory shooting down like 20 german soldiers he shoots a poster yeah that's all he does with it and and with that like as you're saying and and kind of kind of just to touch briefly on your point about modern filmmaking versus some people people's modern consumption of this stuff what i love about the direction and the whole production of this film is it very much is to the audience just wait it is so sure of itself in the story that it's telling like this film does not waver it does not break for better and for worse going like again like Nav, you were saying the bog scene stuck out to me too i was like this is filling me with dread why don't they just cut why don't they just cut like relieve that tension but they don't and yeah. it's like and then you're, and i'm wondering why and at first i was going to be like you know i don't dig this i'm not i I, I don't know. And then you get to the rest of the film and I'm like, I understand why you did that now. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's this long dread that that honestly starts to make you think when you get to the barn scene, it's like, oh, you think we're, we were going to cut away from a bog? So you think you, we didn't do that then. Why do you think we're going to cut away now? Like, it's just like it kind of like turns the tables on you and goes, no, this is the style. Can't deal with it. Like can't can't handle the heat. Get out of the kitchen. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's that's what this film really asks of you. And even to the point of going, thinking of like the whole thing going back in time and you know killing Hitler and like what that would have done. But also being like, this is. It. But also as a kid, you get to the last shot there of. It's a. Again, as you said, Chase, I don't know how they got this, but that moment of him shooting the picture and it's his eyes looking at like a picture of baby Adolf Hitler. And it's like, how Mm. in this moment? It's like it's like I can't grapple with what the film is saying. Like that's like you're saying such a complex thing that. I I don't know how to respond as a person. And that's why I was so excited that we got a chance to talk about it on the podcast. Because I'm like, I'm wrestling with God. I'm wrestling with shit, guys. I really yeah. need to talk about this. Uh, and I know that we want to talk more about some of the actual production elements of it. And Naf, obviously, you love scores. Scores is a huge thing to you. And this one is very subtle. Yeah. I think that, um, as Chase was saying earlier, really talking about how loud the film is. And I think uh, one of the big things for me is not just necessarily like the, the volume of noise, but like how constant noise is. There is always something in your ear. And even in those quiet moments, it's, you know, the overbearing sound of the, um, like the creatures and the critters in the, the forests. Um, and particularly towards the end, as you start to have these moments that are like much heavier, you've got, you know, no real music behind it but you have this low like drum of what feels like you know either like strings or woodwind instruments playing just really really low chords that are just overbearing and in any moment that you get a little bit of like like levity from like the cacophony of noise that's kind of drowned out and then it comes back to this which is always always there um i thought that that was really powerful and then particularly the sound design in the moments after fleora's uh gets uh like yeah the bombs land in the forest like post there oh my God. where which uh, also Glash is like fucking intense yeah like, which i want to talk about a little bit of, of that as well in a sec but like his um his reaction and then like seeing the ear turn and, and the blood's coming out of the ear and Glush is like yelling at him saying he's deaf and he, you know, and he did this and he did that. And he's, he's deaf. He can't hear anything like, Oh my God. And it is quite like drowned out. And you know, the subtitles are different in those moments as well. Like it, there isn't as much happening. We're almost again, a bit of an insert for him. Uh, oh, sorry. He's a bit of an insert for us in that moment, which I thought was another really, really powerful uh, move. And, like we said, that kind of you get that a lot through the film, where, and particularly in in like, what I end up flexing on my friends with is my little like setup for movies at home. You know, I have like a nice enough TV and I have like a really good sound setup, and like for those things, it makes films like this so much more um, difficult to watch because that 
you know, cacophony of noises that he's probably hearing himself. Like that's coming from everywhere and it's constant. And no matter how much you turn the volume down a little bit and try to adjust, it's like, it's there. Uh, and so you really do feel the weight of that. Uh, and it's brutal. It's really, really brutal. Um, and the, the sound design, like we said, in this film in general is insanely good. And, 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 you were talking about how they were using like live ammo and stuff too and that obviously goes to show like they don't it doesn't sound fake and um there's a scene i want to talk about when we get to like there's the sound portion of the effects and there's also how they've done like the special effects here like obviously there isn't really any cg in this film but there's a lot of explosions and otherwise which uh having watched it uh concern me uh for the safety of the of the crew and one cow uh but yeah, like, do you guys have either one of you any thoughts on, particularly like the sound design for the film? Like, are there moments that stand out to you or? Go ahead, Jess. The, the most standout thing yeah, to me is, is the German reconnaissance plane that is essentially like almost the villain of the film. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, yeah. It is constant above him for like from the scene, essentially until he shoots Hitler. Yeah. Right. It is currently above him and it very purposely goes above him when he's like at like the most stressful. Moment. Uh, the way have that sound where it feels like part of this dreadful war, but it's just the and it has this like I can only describe it as like Hans Zimmer esque effect. Just this like, yeah, you're awful right. noise that is like terrible music and it and it is always around him. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, it's just one of those things of it's just like, it's this, this little telling device where it's just like, it, it, him alone, it won't go away. And it just, it's set awful, but in magnificent way of like, when you just like look at it from like a storytelling movie making perspective, it's just like, this is so great, but you're just like, Oh, it's awful. It's yeah. so awful. It's so awful. Be, like in in the in the brilliance of that use of that character. Because I thought the same thing. I was like, there is a motif here that they keep using with this plane, and and I I love that the the thing for me, Neff was like was like uh, we'll probably talk about the barn scene as the whole wrapping up this thing. So I'll only go into it just a little bit, but from a technical way, the way that they overlapped things and almost like because it reminded me because as you were talking about like from firsthand accounts, it kind of made me think of that of mm-hmm. kind of similar to like when we were talking about with Schindler's List when we talked about like the the liquidating of the ghetto scene. You feel like a very comparable scenes to each other of this just feels like it's happening. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I am watching this just happen. And it's this kind of like, and it feels like somebody said, I remember they had this car with a loudspeaker. And it's almost like the director just took these individual vignettes, but didn't have like a narration telling you that he just cut to them. Mm. Kind of even like you and you, Neff, you brought up a similar point with like the beach scene in Saving Private Ryan. It's like you're like, I can imagine some guy just saying, oh, yeah, I saw a guy walking around with his arm like, you know, Mm. that's what that moment felt like. But the way that the 
how loud that film is the fact that and i couldn't tell if it was just my audio setup uh, i don't have a fancy setup like nath uh and uh i was that friend that he uh talks to about it you and, uh, you're gonna come and visit me and then then you'll be right you're right and but like the thing is that like the it felt like almost all of the noise, the screams, the fire, the gunshots, the breaking, the music became like one track. And like nothing was louder than the other. Yeah. It just was all there. It, it like literally at some point I thought this is overstimulation the movie. <laughs> like that's that's what this is. It's like yeah. this but yeah. like in a way of like I got to give much. a compliment to it cuz I'm like you you really got that feeling of overstimulation yeah of like there's just too much for me to even pick a sound that's happening now and i i don't know if you guys felt the same way but that was that was at least when i was those are moments that really stuck out to me that and then when they had the whole hitler like gunshot moment was some of the best audio cutting yeah ever one of the big ones that stood out to me was also when um uh when he gets to like the kind of the hiding spot for where all of his uh town was and you've just got all the voices saying and chase you were mentioning the scene before it's one of the ones where he has to cover his ears because it's just too much going on and um and everyone's coming past and they're just giving him kisses on the head they all know who this is and the subtitles won't do justice to what everyone's saying all the time but one of the ones that cuts through clearly is you know they got you they got your folks they they took your folks like your folks are gone like that's coming through clearly but as you're watching the film you're just hearing all these voices wail and yell and it is so so painful to listen to in a way that i imagine um obviously would have been for for flora there too to have to cover his his ears uh from people who like love and care about him like i can't listen to them anymore that is uh that is rough and (laughs) that's rough buddy yeah and uh I was talking before about like one of the ones that really like there were two moments in the film that that shook me in terms of the uh like the the visual effects or like you know, we're talking explosions guns that kind of stuff one of them is when they drop the bombs in the forest and glacier and flora are there those explosions are huge like they are huge explosions and in this day and age you wouldn't have an actor anywhere near that let alone a child anywhere near that but it's so abundantly clear that this was shot in camera and he was right there. And that alone is really horrifying. Do you guys know which scene I'm talking about? Yeah. Which one? Which one was it again? So just after they do like the rain and stuff in the forest and everything's getting kind of normal. And then, um, Oh, the explosions there, like the air raid explosion. Oh yeah. Oh, that was terrifying. Yeah. That was horrifying. (laughs) And I think from, was- from the perspective of, like, within the film, yeah, and then also just in terms of, like, how the heck, how the heck did you do this and not actually kill someone? Like, it's it's right there. Well, even yeah. knowing how, the like, the tracer rounds, like, in the scene with the cow. That's the next scene I was going to mention. Uh, like, that one was, like now knowing that that was all real because it felt real like seeing the like it just it was like i didn't know that they burned that red like i didn't know that it actually kind of looks like star wars Mm -hmm. a little like you know like the red bolts like i didn't know that that actually is how because they did it a bit in fury too and at first i was like is that 
just so they can like, is that kind of just a little bit of Hollywoodizing this? But then I see yeah. this and I'm like, no, that seems like that's fucking about right. Yeah, and, exactly it. Oh, God. And we were talking in the, the facts earlier as well, how like with using light ammunition, there's one scene in particular, um, which uh, I guess not so much spoiler warning, but like trigger warning because it's like animal abuse, I would say. Um, yeah, that's like true. A little bit ahead if you're listening to this. Uh, but yeah, there's a scene where they, they take a cow and like I watched this cow kind of collapse and I was like, cows aren't that good actors. They're like, I, I kind of refuse to believe it. So they probably did kill the cow here like what like how else how else could you do this and um then yeah coming in and doing a bit of research for like the facts on the film at the start it's it's like recognizing that that's something that they actually did yeah like down to and if you've seen the film like there are shots where they're like directly at the cow's eye and you're watching like life leave this you know that that was when i was like is this yeah is this yeah. real? But then again, I also or is this watched, some, um, like like I was either like this better be real or give this editor a medal, yeah. like <laughs> and it's like that. Uh, I also watched Anatomy of a Fall earlier this year, which um, featured the best performance by a dog I'd ever seen, and I was thinking the same thing for a minute, and I was like, hold on, what have you done to this dog to make it this good at acting? the way based on what's happening in the scene if you guys have seen the film anatomy of a fall you'll know which scene i'm talking about it very much stands out but if you haven't prepare yourself it's uh rough i'll, I'll prepare myself uh yeah the the cow scene so uh <laughs> i've been vegan for about 14 years uh and because i had like mixed feelings ago. yeah absolutely uh <laughs> it's it's uh it's such an interesting scene to me because like like you were saying it's either it's either real or this is the best editing ever made ever done and i think it's like you know we have to do we have there is always a line that has to be drawn but at the same time when that law when that line is crossed it it's something that i think is so interesting about the movie at at large is it's so not hollywood it's just like when you watch something like oh brother now where uh they use the tommy gun on the cow and like it just gets red spots across or so because obviously they didn't chow in yeah. hollywood film or when you watch something like saving private ryan or you watch just you know a john wick film and it's just there's blood splatter and just like everything is super over the top and it's like all you do is you see a ripple in the cow's flesh and you see it fall. See, that was, and, wh- and that was why I eye. thought it was fake was because I was like, Oh, well the cat, they're not actually shooting a cow. So like, I kind of missed it. You know, it's like, no, nope, uh, that it just went. And that's what's so like, it, it's just one of those things like, before we started, we were talking about Andor, right. And how it's just such, it's such good, like just, you know media and it's you know it's it's heralded as just being so real and you know I, when when we were at celebration we went to the andor special effects uh, panel and that whole scene in the factory with the chains falling with luthan and, and Cassie, yeah. like, that's real they did yeah. that and it's like you there is there's clearly a difference between seeing something on film that actually happened versus a special effect that represents what is supposed to be happening and it's like this is a film especially 
being made by someone whose family was affected by this and this being such a serious thing is it's like where that line for him is probably so much farther than any of us could possibly imagine if it's just like yeah i don't care about your line this is what happened and i'm gonna show it as best as i can and as accurately as i can and it's like if i lose a cow for this to get it across like i get it and it's like the storytelling of that of like he refuses to believe that the cow's dead because he has to feed a village with that cow Mm. and the cow just got shot and like his other two comrades just got blown up by a mind. The guy who was going to lead him back to the village just got shot by the same hail of bullets as a cow did. And it's just like, and then that leads into that, that leads into the barn scene where he's trying to steal uh, the horse. Cause he's like, I need a, I need a hatchet. I have to cut up a cow. And he's just so focused on with this bucket that he was going to milk a cow with. And she's like, he's like, none of this is going to happen. Yeah. It's not happening. Yeah. Um, it's just him being in shock, you know, like yeah. it's that full on, he, he just doesn't know what he's doing. Cause it's like, yeah, yeah. what you're going to bring. It's that shock of like, like I got in a car crash when I was like, uh, I, I, like uh, younger and it was like a pretty bad car crash. And it's like, when you get out of it, you still, for some reason, I'm like, the airbags have gone off, but I can still drive this to where I was going. Right. Like your brain is like, yeah it's not that bad like it's just very similar situation yeah it's like i got rear-ended very badly by a guy like just speeding i was at a red light and dude just slammed into me and like i get out of the car and i'm like oh my god my suspension's on the road i need to grab that and it's like you're like no yeah exactly (laughs) you're done it's like no man that's not that's not what's happening here yeah and uh and like and Nav, to your point, like one thing I wanted to bring up uh, was, you know, another element that I I didn't even think of until this film was the makeup that they did on this on this on on the kid. Yeah, like you you always see those famous uh, before and after photos of presidents. Right. Like they go in with kind of a little bit of a youthful glow and they come out with wrinkles down to the bone and like graying hair, just showing like the stress that the job like entails. Mm -hmm. And and I had never thought like, I, I don't know, it's one of those things that's like you don't think about until you see it and you're like, duh, that would happen. Why the fuck wouldn't? And like as the movie goes on and you see him become more wrinkled and wrinkled and it's such i think it's because it's on a child yeah that you notice it more and you're like oh my god this poor kid has gone through so much trauma and then you have like the famous shot of like you know the the nazi pushing him forward and like turning the head and like and, and you, he, him staring at us, and it's like, uh, it's like we're supposed to save him. Like yeah. that's, that's yeah. what it feels like. Is like, it's like because especially if you don't know the story and you're going, it's like, is this how this? It's one of those movies. This is how this movie can end. Yeah, is he gets a picture taken and a bullet to the brain. Like that's how this movie yep. could end. Uh, and it's just like it's, and he's just looking at you. His lips are split open from being chapped, and his eyes are sunken in. And like, I mean, I have to give like 
the ultimate kudos to Alexi. Uh, I can't pronounce his last name, but his performance oh my God. in this film was just, it's just, it's unforgettable. It's horrifying. It's haunting. And he's just does such an incredible job. Um, and most of the people in this film were not actors. They are just people from Belarus um, that again, their families probably lived through this stuff. Um, Which is why so, it feels so authentic. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, he said it goes to show a lot of that too. Especially like, uh, one of the other things that stood out was uh, post the barn scene where they bring the the grandma out on her bed, and then it's like, ah, we're just gonna leave you here for breeding. And I was like, and then she's just kind of like looking at them and like smiling, and like in my thought, uh, watching that scene, I'm sure potentially there's different ways to interpret it as well. But like, uh, I I couldn't tell if the Germans, I'm assuming the Germans were speaking in German, and she obviously can't understand them. And for a moment, I was like, did she feel like grateful that they saved her? Because she's like so happy for a minute, and it kind of like changes at the end. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't quite know what I'm looking at here. I just know that it's, I'm uncomfortable. I'm still uncomfortable, and that's obviously followed up by um, what it appears to be Glasha comes back um, at the end of the film. I'm not sure if it, if it actually is her or not, because, again, same sort of scenario of what's it's happened Glasha. to... Okay, Glasha. cool. That, that was that so was that was what we 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 both had the same like we both were like at the same time we were like we think that that's her yeah but yeah. we also don't want it to be her so we're like please let it be another character like please <laughs> oh my god that like that that image fucking horrifying yeah I think there's a lot of those moments too where uh it's something that you don't want to see or don't want to look at. And again, the director's hanging on those scenes for quite a long time. You know, you've got that moment where she's almost, she's on this side of the screen, just, just hanging out and she looks horrifying. Like, you know, like she's all beaten up and bleeding and like, it is not, a, it's not nice to look at at all. And then he's in the background just looking around and just, it's just utter destruction of individuals of their, um, like, you know, their lives and everything being destroyed there, but also like of them themselves, you know, like I think that the, what you see externally is very indicative of obviously what's going to be happening internally too. And it is no doubt that mm, this isn't something you necessarily recover from ever. Oh yeah. Just like watching the film. Yeah, I'm never going to recover from it. The scene, the, yeah. The, the final scene with Glasha, and it's it's something we, I've seen a lot on social media of people saying show don't tell, show don't tell, and I think a lot of people misuse phrase, um, where like people will use like dialogue exposition. Well, they should show but not tell. I'm like, well, you can certainly use dialogue in a film to convey like, oh yeah, something that has happened. Yeah. Um, but I think what Come and See does that. V- almost no films do or at least do it to the God, you don't want to say the success <laughs> of it but it is the, the, an incredibly the brilliance of the craft where you like don't the see a lot of, of violent craft. things happening you, you don't see what happens to glossia you just see what happened uh you just yeah. see her waddling with blood running down her legs and they don't need to say anything 
Flora doesn't say what happened. What what's going on? Why is like you as soon as you see her, you know exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's the same when they when they throw the woman into the into the truck. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's you still have the cacophony of sound of the fires blazing, the end like all the, the convoy of the German trucks going, and you hear screams. Mm. Um and I think with and maybe this is the transition point to the barn um, is you don't really once once Flora is out of the barn, you see one man get shot trying to escape and you see a child get ragdolled through the window. Um, that that but, that was such an impactful moment right there of just a simple tossing it back just, in there. And, it, and he, he cartwheels through the window. But what what is so and especially watching it again is, again, I'll, I'll say like just the unHollywood this movie is because we see so many movies where it's just like you throw a grenade and it explodes and the whole building comes down or you, someone throws a Molotov cocktail and the world's largest fire ignites. And with this scene, it's relentless. It doesn't stop. And it's not, it's like, it starts like you, when they get pushed in, you, you know, you get that Schindler's list and yeah. the pianist feel of like, up oh, here we go. This yeah. is going to be bad. And you don't know how bad it's about to be <laughs> because it's like, okay, here we go. This is going to, this is going to be rough. And like, you, you know, what's coming, but like, again, you don't know what's coming mm. and it's, it starts with the grenades and it's again, it's not one grenade. It's, a half a dozen to a dozen mm. and then the molotov cocktails and again it's not one and a lot of these molotov cocktails they don't like they don't all just like set the thing on fire immediately it's just a slow build up of burn uh and then they open fire on it and then they bring in the flamethrowers and it's just like and you don't see a single person in this yeah all you hear are screams you don't see you don't need to a single person yeah you yeah. You, uh, you don't want your to. imagination is doing far worse yeah like that and i mean they always as you said chase like the you you have the hollywood hollywoodization of this stuff and people often will say that like your mind can do far worse to you than it than you know mm-hmm. what you what is shown to you and this is like what that phrase is made for because as you said there is not there's not blood in this. Mm. There's not a moment of like you have a little bit of a spurt when the guy gets shot in the in yeah, the bar. It's like it's like droplets come out. It's but, not it's not this but like it's not the Hollywood <laughs> blood gush kill bill moment. Yeah. It's 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 this moment there of just like this little spritz and then you see with this like you see this moment of just the ferocity and it's also just the cavalier attitude Mm. of the soldiers that make you go how how can you get this far gone like to me i'm like looking at that i'm like how how do you as a person live with yourself like that's what i did think was kind of interesting with the under the bridge scene was the fact that some soldiers were like they made us do it like at first i'm like okay still fuck you like you know like i don't care if they made you do it like you did it like yeah like they made you do it and i'm gonna make you pay with them like Mm -hmm. you know like sort of a thing there but at the same time 
I look at that. I'm just like, how do you not stop for a minute and think? Mm-hmm. Propaganda, Should I be doing this? You know, like, yeah. like I don't know. It's just so, like, I, I can't even begin to imagine being okay with that. Yeah, no, I completely understand what you're saying there too. And it's like, um, I think that it's exemplified in when it's revealed that that uh, the guy at the end was the, the same SS officer. Um, as Chase was saying, when he doesn't let up at all and still says, yep, this is what I think of you. You guys aren't, you're not real people, essentially. You know, like, like that's how they're brought up to view this. And so, of course, it's like, well, yeah, if I'm wiping out, like, vermin, like, I'll, I'll set a mousetrap, you know? Like, it, it just, this is all we're doing. We're just, we're, we're cleaning or cleansing. It, like, it is, it's usually how things go um in conflicts like this you know like it, there isn't really a yep. uh a way you to have to dehumanize like you unless you you can't do this without exact you uh, this is why i love you you finished exactly what i was gonna say yeah uh, and, 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 and that's the, oh go ahead go ahead finish yeah, your point so uh i think that particularly like when you get to that scene one of the other things that i thought uh was really interesting was there was a guy who's driving away um We've got a fourth guest. <laughs> um, oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, uh, I, I saw as there was a guy who's driving away. There's these little spurts of like um, what, what seemed like essentially like napalm just landing behind him. And it's actually like this really beautiful shot of this guy driving away. And as he's driving away, the fire's landing and the smoke's coming up and it's almost transitioning you to the next scene. And I'm sitting there at the moment that I'm like, obviously what we're visualizing isn't something that's beautiful in any means but to still actually have a shot that's so perfectly framed like that in that moment i was like i almost paused for a second i was like hold on this is wild and as you get to the end it also starts cutting in uh footage of like the real atrocities that uh you know from from that kind of like the historical did not care for that uh and (laughs) it's it's rough you know like we've seen it a lot of the times through school obviously we've studied these kinds of things and there's been documentaries and all that so like it's all like nothing that i saw that was like new to me but in the moment uh still still shocking it's still that reminder context this is a thing that happened like it's it's just it's a thing that happened It, it isn't um uh it isn't something that's that's made up, and like we said, obviously, though, though the story isn't necessarily based on a true story, it's based on accounts from people that experienced this, that they've gone and said, "This is what happened, and this is what happened, and this is what happened," and somebody's gone and been able to turn that into a, a story. And it is, yeah, it's definitely it's a story. It, it's towards the end. Yeah, it, it was one of the <laughs> roughest things story. that I'd watched, and and thinking about how Kay was saying earlier that people often come to conversations around like you know sharing art or media of this is the best thing i've ever seen or this is the most brutal thing i've ever seen or all those kinds of feelings as i was watching the film at the start i kind of was like this isn't actually that bad like this is very in line with what i've seen before and around about what i expected and even towards the end like what i'm seeing on screen is like i'm not seeing things that i haven't necessarily seen before but like the sense of like dread that it brings up within me as i watch it is just like so many times like as, as Kay was saying like I finished watching the movie this morning uh and I was ahead of Kay when I started this morning and he was behind me and I'd taken breaks in between to just kind of like decompress for a minute and in the end I ended up finishing the movie like half an hour later than he did so like it <laughs> it it's impactful and it's like like you said like while 
a barn on fire isn't necessarily something you haven't seen before. The way that it's presented uh, in this film, particularly together with the sound effects and the fact that everything up until now has looked and felt so real, um, it's horrifying. It feels like that you're actually watching people die in a barn. It does feel like yeah. that. 100%. Well, and, and it makes it hard it to suspend is, disbelief. And, well, and in going with that, Naf, like the the thing this film does incredibly well is at the same time that it does that, it, a lot of its storytelling is visual. Like it's not like the dialogue is there, but the dialogue is not the story. The story is very visually told. Yeah. The the dialogue is a lot of nice window dressing to the to the movie, mm. but the story is through his eyes, and thus the camera is really taking us through what you're seeing is the story. Yeah. And one of the things that really I think builds that sense of dread is when your brain starts to pick up on the inconsistencies of things that are happening where you're like, oh, go towards the barn. Oh, yeah, everybody go into the barn. And your brain is like, that's not going to what that, that. No, that's not. No, they can't be this entire village. Mm-hmm. Like you, you start your brain almost just trying to talk you out of what what you know is going to happen. Yeah. Like in your heart of hearts, you know, what's going to happen. Yeah, but at the same time, you're like, but it can't. No, like did, like I literally had to look up as that scene was happening. Did this happen? Because mm. I, because it's that moment. It's like it's war. I'm sure it did, but it's that moment of when you realize, and people are like, "Nah, this was one of the most historically accurate films." It filled me with even more pain. Yeah. Because you're like, that's probably not even a fraction mm. of the feeling. Yeah. yeah of what, it, like, and, and if and if this is, it's this bad on a fake scale that I'm sitting here comforting underneath a couple of covers just watching this. If that, if I'm feeling this bad over a fake thing, what the fuck was the real thing like? Yeah. And you're like, I don't know. To me, I find that to be just such a very... And, and I guess going to kind of a closing point is talking about that rounding it back to at least how we kind of started this off. Should this be made? Mm. Should films like this? Because as you said, this is not a film for everybody. Yeah. This is not a film I will readily recommend to people in a sense of this is a very particular type of film for a very particular type of, pe- of people yeah. who are interested in this kind of thing. But it's one of those things that, like, it, it, it was it was always the same thing with Schindler's List for me, where I was like, this Schindler's List still is one of the best films I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but as you said, like, Chase, there's a difference with that film, because that film gives you a sense of a little bit of even amidst this horror, there's a little bit of hope. There's a little bit of hope that somebody did something. Mm-hmm. It wasn't everything. It didn't save everybody. It didn't stop the Holocaust. But it did save people. Yeah. And there is a beautiful craftsmanship to that film that it does bring. But we do need films like this, too. Yeah. That are the the all quiet on the Western fronts. The, you know, the things there of going. No, this is the cost of war. Yeah. Pure and simple. This is what happens, Naf, as you says, when you dehumanize people. Mm. It makes it easy for you to shove them in a barn, 
and light it on fire. Yeah. Like it, it's it's that thing of reminding you this is how ugly we can be to each other. Mm-hmm. And that's why like my answer to that question is yes this needs to be made we can debate how ethically the production is of shooting bullets over your actors that i'm like okay realism i'm glad nobody died on one hand you've got uh don't tell hans when you're gonna drop him so you get a realistic response and on the other one you have shoot a cow next to a child like these are (laughs) yeah and and, well, yeah. and it's it, it's one of those things, you know, you can't go back in time and you have the butterfly effect, right? But it's like, if they didn't, would it have been different? Mm. You know? Yeah, you're right. If, and, and it's one of those things, if it's just like, what's, like I said earlier, like, what's the line? And, you know, if we go back and, and look at other films, like these, you know, I'll just say edgy, disturbing movies. Yeah. It's just like, um, should should those lines be crossed and i think there's more of an argument there for your serbian films and your uh the human centipedes uh, things yeah, like that like it's yeah. like okay you know like what wh- where's the line there are you crossing a line um and i think a lot of those films are very self-aware and what they're doing and it's like we're just trying to gross people out like you know that's the goal okay. yeah who cares what someone on the internet says about how yeah. we make films uh but then you do have your August undergrounds, which is it's like, okay, this is too real. How real did you guys go to make this? Uh, and you know, we'll never know. These are like we're talking like ten thousand dollar budget films that circulate yeah. around the internet. But then when you have someone who, you know, very much was impacted by this, and you have that like splash screen at the end, it's like I, I forget the exact number, but it's like 682 Belarusian villages yeah. suffered this the same fate you just witnessed. And it's like that's like almost immeasurable. It's like kind of like the idea of like the atomic bomb. Yeah. Is you 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 will never know how big and powerful those are. We can we can only say, oh, this was a thousand times more powerful than TNT, or this one's ten thousand times more powerful. But than none of us can really numbers understand numbers. That. And then when you see this one village go through this, and you're just like, this was so relentless. This was so rough to watch. And like, okay, go through this. You know, six hundred more know, times. Six hundred plus more times. Mm. Um. Like, this is the uh, shit that you're like, you would think are held up as a, how the fuck did this one thing happen? And then, uh, but like, but the fact that it happened 600 more times, it's like, at that point, even the individual village names feel like yeah. you can't say it's a Columbine, a Hiroshima, you can't even yeah. identify it. Like, yeah. that's just how many there are. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's it's insane to me of and that's what i i think that you're right like and i think that there are times when that line needs to be crossed and i i think that i and i can't tell you where that line is necessarily i i always believe it it involves the actor's safety involves the 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 crew people's safety like for me i Mm -hmm. i I abhor people like stanley kubrick who will like torture their actors basically on set i think Mm -hmm. that no one should lose life for art um but maybe maybe a cow did need to lend its life (laughs) to a a great piece like like all joking is up but all joking aside it, it it really does feel like this film 
the risk that it took, I'm glad that nothing horrible happened or else we yeah. would be really having a different discussion. Right. Uh, but since it didn't, I do feel that it, it's like the, the steps you took to make this movie as impactful as it was is brilliant. Yeah, it paid off. Like it really, really did pay off. And it, it's like it's like you can't argue with the result. You know, you can't. Things. It's just like, yeah, you may not agree with how I made this movie, but it wouldn't have it wouldn't have turned out the way it did if I didn't do it that way. And to me, kind of like if we touch on that, like anti-war thing, and it's like there's a really interesting uh, I forget who wrote it, but there's a great essay of like the the impossibility of making an anti-war film while featuring war um like you're you're somehow glorifying it there there is a hero no matter how nuanced that hero may be there is there's that uh, there is that and you kind of get that with flora he continues marching on you know after everything he's seen he doesn't run away he doesn't he doesn't try and start a life you know somewhere else he picks up that gun and he marches uh, and then we hear Mozart's score behind that and you're just like I just you'll never like we talked about you'll never hear that score again the same way nope. um, yeah but like you guys watched Saving Private Ryan two two weeks ago and it's so funny because like after I had watched this with with my roommates um, sometime later we're like oh let's watch Saving Private Ryan we couldn't get through Saving Private Ryan after watching mm. this it was so like heavy-handed american propaganda the u.s army saved the day like it was it's like when they when they do this scene and it's like a like on paper visually cool scene of the sniper going through the lens of the german sniper yeah and then like the context of like even even with the bridge scene come and see you're like those were two 12 people that were that had bullets go through them uh and in saving private ryan fails in like my opinion just like making having that impact because it is so set on being cool in its storytelling and just this kind of like tom hanks with the pistol shooting the tank and then the the bomber comes and blows up the tank and it's like a, a hell yeah america moment and it's just like for me that movie became hard to watch because it it wasn't reflecting what was really going on um and it just it just feels so heavy-handed propaganda at that point see, um, see for me like it's, just, it's like yeah I hear I hear you in that regard, and I was very curious to have this discussion. Saving Private Ryan is one of still one of my favorite films of all time, um, and I don't disagree with you. That we we had an interesting discussion on that episode where we were talking about is Saving Private Ryan a pro war film or like a and I and what what we kind of landed on was I think it's an anti war film but pro America, and and I'm like I think that that's Fair. that's that's the thing because when you look at the film. The film, one of the, my favorite scenes in that film was portraying a different kind of horror that's in a different sense was when they're writing all the letters to the to the families, telling how their sons died heroically in battle at this encampment. They died on a fucking beach in the first wave. Like yeah. that's that like a, a gate we as an audience went through their head. 
like that's, that's the that's they, they pulled off a helmet and they got shot in the head like <laughs> that is how your son died but i can't tell you that so i'm gonna lie to you and tell you that it was like a very important operation that it was very much there and then i'm gonna and then spielberg being like and then i'm gonna make you watch a mother find out that three of her sons are dead and i think and i think it's a different nuance spielberg i think cared a lot about showing the toll it took on the american soldiers but i felt that at the same time it's no all quiet on the western front it's no come and see but i think that it's because it had a different goal i put more come and see in the same category as something like schindler's list where the goal of this was to show the brutality and the things there what saving private ryan was was kind of the story of veterans in there but the, these battles were not the belarus battles mm. these this part of the war was not that yeah and it's and and and, and to me i'm like i don't, that's why i don't like hold same private ryan at fault for that while your points impe- impeccably made and i agree because you look at something like this and i'm like i think this is more truthful and honest to mm-hmm. war and i would say this is a better anti-war film than saving private ryan easy easy but i do think that it's like i think saving private ryan is often looked at in a different light maybe because of its john williams score or those things mm-hmm. there that we tend to think of the heroic thing it, it, the the one thing and it's kind of like it, it's like when you watch something like full metal jacket apocalypse now where like or did those movies have their shortcomings yes um but those those movies i think do have that like like in, in full metal jacket when they're at the very end when they're standing over the girl the the, ch- the child yeah. yep that was like killing them all and they're just like there is not that moment in, in something like Saving Private Ryan or American Sniper or like any of these yeah. more modern, like the, the, like mm. the much more egregious examples of like, for sure. hell yeah, for sure. hell yeah, wars about yeah. guns, guys. Uh, oh, yeah, you're absolutely and, right. Um, it, it's it's there's just to me like what like, yeah, it was so interesting going back to Saving Private Ryan. And maybe it's one of those things like if you watch it again after watching come and see you're just like Oof. i mean for sure yeah, like I, cool. I i remember watching yeah. it even post a lot of like my own political views and stuff changing and being like mm-hmm. yeah there's still some stuff here that i'm not i'm not as huge a fan of but because yeah. i feel like i know spielberg's position on a lot of other shit yeah i think that there, there's an interesting thing I mean, there schindler's list exactly so but closing with this obviously this is a brilliant film uh kind of closing remarks with things there um i know at least for myself this was one of the most powerful films i've ever seen uh so much so that it's in a special category of i only recommend this to a few people that i would be like now nah, you can handle this and yeah like reserve a day and yeah, check this out. But Naf, I'm I'm like final thoughts on the film. I'm curious what you felt with this whole thing. Yeah, well, very very similar too. And I was thinking on that that last point too on sort of should this be made and and how uh, those films have kind of evolved through time. And there's there's two films that are on uh, my watch list that were released last year that uh, I might recommend to viewers as well potentially for the same sort of reasons. But uh, there's one uh, I'm not sure if you guys may have heard of it, but it's called Twenty Days in Mariupol. 
Did you hear about that film? No. So this is a documentary that came out last year. Um, and it's a news crew that went into Mariupol, which is during the Russia and, um, and, oh. uh, sorry, I forget the Ukraine, uh, the Ukraine. Ukraine. Yep. Yeah, so, so the Russia and Ukraine, um, like war, uh, and they got stranded. They went into like kind of raise awareness and get like footage and they got stranded. And then, so they filmed everything anyway. Uh, they were stuck there for 20 days and then they released a documentary, um, yeah, a few months ago as well that, that hasn't come out in, in Australia just yet. But, uh, that's something that I really want to check out because it is, you know, it's again, it's showing the reality of, of what's happening there. Uh, and the other one is a film called The Zone of Interest, which I told you about, Kay, um, which is yeah, essentially... Yeah, that like, I really want to check out. Well, it is a, a fictional story. Uh, the concept is that one of the, uh, like, head people that is, uh, uh, like, leading Auschwitz, they, they set up a house just off-site, and they're just trying to live a, a, a normal life while you can still kind of hear everything that's happening at the camp in the background. So it's being hailed as having, again, some of the best sound design and most realistic uh, sound design for what would have been happening in that space. And it's one that I want to check out. I don't know much about it. So again, like just uh, things that came out this year that might fall under the same category as this to, to potentially check out. We should do a out. blind um, date with that film because uh, I, I really want to watch that movie too. We should do a blind date with that. Yeah, yeah I'd be down. Um, yeah, so like... Again, things like this continue to be made, but uh, obviously it's evolved over time too. Like this, the the reality of war film exists, and again, you know, you've got always quiet in the rest of, in, on the Western Front a couple of years ago too. That are still trying to, you know, entertain and at the same time like teach or showcase something that needs to be seen. Because I think that the the question for me is less should this be made and more does this need to be seen. And I think that it, it does. Like, it's very, very valuable information for us to have as humans, particularly as older generations are, you know, kind of disappearing and we're being replaced by new yeah. generations. Like, if you don't continue to tell these stories, you're going to continue to fall into the same uh, traps, the same... We're going to make the same mistakes. Uh, so I very much think this is a film that, that needs to be seen and, and more films like this needs to be seen and again with the other stuff that's going on in the world right now i can imagine that we're going to start seeing a lot more of this too over the next few years because again you've got things that are happening that we're not aware of that uh some people try to like minimize it's not a bigger deal as it actually is and um you've got conflicting like voices there uh for what is something that's very real and happening and affecting people's lives and i think that in any way we can raising awareness to that kind of stuff is, is important Absolutely. And Chase, final thoughts on the film, obviously, they're kind of wrapping up your wonderful recommendation. Yeah, I mean, it's it is a it is such a powerful film, like you said, it is it is so unconventional and just it's heartbreaking, haunting, harrowing, everything, every every one of those like negative emotions you can kind of get through. Um, I would I would maybe counter and I would say I think everyone should give this movie a shot. Um, For sure. Yeah. Like turn it off when you're ready to turn it off. Like don't 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 kill yourself trying to watch this. But it's just one of those things like, you know, it's it's good to step out of your comfort zone, especially especially when this is you know well is it a true story no but it is based on firsthand yeah. accounts you're gonna learn um, something like it's one of those things like I'll, I'll go back to a serbian film like do you need to watch a serbian film no if you want to watch some weird fucked up fiction sure go watch it hmm. um this one is a little more important um i think for a lot of people to to get some grasp and some understanding of 
what was what was happening yeah. not that long ago mm. um and if i were to recommend anything i've kind of got like a bundle of things um i'd say like if you want more super accurate stuff um about history more modern hbo's chernobyl is phenomenal he stole um, my one so well, uh, like oh, I guess let's introduce this segment real quick. You're you're all good. Okay. I love I love it. And you picked that's very funny it's that that choice, you yeah. literally stole exactly what Naf was thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we're so obviously one of the segments we love to do here on What with the Films is Cinema a la Carte, where each of us pick two to three different media, whether it's uh, you know video game, uh, TV show, movie that we think that you would if you haven't checked it out, but you like this one similar to your amazon like uh your amazon shopping list if you like this you might also like this and uh, we try to go with something that might be a little bit close to home and then sometimes an out of the box pick and so obviously uh, starting off chase you have chernobyl as your pick uh as uh one of the things there what else um i think if 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 you think that come and see is going to be too much but you do want to get kind of a a sense and vibe of that you know i think schindler's list is a great one but i think roman polanski's the pianist is okay another like um brilliant film it does a lot of similar things to come and see where it's it's brutal in some ways but it's just the implication of the brutality in the pianist for a lot of it um and and i think that's that's another really important one um two documentaries to watch um would be white light black rain which is the perspective of the the ends of hiroshima during the bombings okay um that's wow. really hard to get through mm-hmm. uh, and even harder to get through is the bbc auschwitz six hour documentary mm-hmm. um it's broken up into episodic um like each each episode is an hour it was long on like netflix or would, would you have to like rent those? um it was on netflix at one point and if you just look up bbc auschwitz it's, sure i'm sure that you can find it it's it's a lot of first-hand testimonies it's um they do interview uh i would say like you know content warning it's really it's really it's what it is but the extra content warning is they interview nazi officers that mm. were oh shit um yeah um and it's hard those interviews are hard to watch um and i guess to lighten up the mood if you just want fucked up shit with unethical (laughs) filmmaking go watch cannibal holocaust if you want to see animals die on screen um it's that's a that's another rough one but it is like a a film for the sake of entertainment there's no good story there it's just like it's a shock factor film it has very interesting behind the scenes uh the director was arrested um so no shit that's how you yeah, know it's a good film. So if you went arrested, then yeah, it's not a good film, but it's one of those like if you're if you're if you're trying to check <laughs> off the fucked up movies to watch, it's it's up there. It's yeah. certainly yeah. on there. Wow, wow. yeah, it's amazing. Um, the old, but, fantastic you know, choices, not yeah. you know, yeah, but like in all in all reality, like please, it's free on YouTube. Come and see is free mm. on YouTube. Definitely um, go and check it out, guys. Yeah, we'll it's, put it's, we'll put a link starting. down in the bio as well with it. Uh, just with like a, the about on the page yeah. there, we'll try to put there. Uh, but Nav, hit us with your cinema a la carte, or do you want me to go because you need to think of something no, to replace Chernobyl? Uh, yeah, no. Well, I mean Chernobyl, I'm still going to talk to for that that reason. I think that that why Chernobyl is a really um like great choice is that it 
spends less time focusing on the event itself and more on the aftermath and like what it actually does to real people and particularly when you talk about like makeup and special effects and those kinds of things very similar here obviously with another what 60-ish years 60 plus years of um of improving that craft so like visually it is very very uh brutal and the other one we talked about a couple of times here but um i haven't seen the original film but i did see the remake uh, a couple of years ago of all quiet on the western front and i think that that's another one that just again you all are almost an insert uh for our main character and just watching these atrocities happen and watching them slowly go from you know like oh my god i'm so excited to go to war to i can't believe what this really is um and yes yeah, so the two really easy choices really simple choices and that, that those are my picks uh, and for my picks, uh, you did steal All Quiet on the Western Front from me because I, I was uh, that that's show, both, all of our brains both, work very similarly. Yeah, the the, the original film is one of my favorite films of all time and uh the sequel I th- or oh, i'm sorry the remake was very very good i love that it was in german and that it actually yeah. had all of that uh very powerful very akin to this mm-hmm. uh i i a uh, couple of the ones that i have recommended we brought up a little bit in this um one of mine is uh, Schindler's List. Uh, shouldn't be a surprise. Yeah. Uh, mainly because I think when we're talking about films, uh, I always said if there was one film uh, that I could... I, I often will say that I think film isn't necessary to sustain life. I don't think it is. I don't think any film is necessary to see in life. Schindler's List is the first one that I would say was the first one for me that I was like... I think if you only saw one film in your life, watch this movie, because I think that it it, it has so much to say about us as human beings in a similar way to come and see. And I think that if you felt that same way about come and see, but you haven't seen Schindler's List, please check it out because it is an unflinching. Yeah. Un- unflinching film about that subject yeah. matter. And then you guys um, can also check out our episode on uh, Schindler's List afterwards. Absolutely. We did one on that. That was our else, first uh, episode uh, that we did there. Yeah, what but, else did uh, you kick it off? We, oh, oh, yeah. Like it was what it was one of our early ones to kick off a uh, nap Spielbergification. Yeah. And uh, it was a randomly picked thing. And then we yeah. both regretted deciding to do this at random. But um, my other ones are uh, to round it out. One was a there are two. One I haven't seen, but my wife was talking about. Uh, this film as a very powerful Italian film. Um, the, uh, it's it's not the one with Brendan Fraser, but it is also called The Whale. Uh, and that film is a very brutal watch about the Holocaust uh, told from the standpoint of a child in one of the camps. Hmm. So it is, uh, a, a, she says that they, in Italy, they had to watch it in grade school and uh, they uh, traumatized her ever since. So if you're looking for something akin to that, okay. I'll probably be watching that at some point to get a vibe on that. But uh, that's there. Another Italian film, if you're looking for something a little lighter, but still deals with the subject matter in a very ultimately serious way hmm. is Life is Beautiful. Uh, Life is Beautiful is incredible film uh, where a father and son are put into uh, one of the death camps, I believe Auschwitz. uh, Mm -hmm. And the thing is that the father has to keep his son's innocence alive. And so while dealing with the atrocities around him has to make his son believe it's still a game. Yeah. 
Wow. And it's it's a incredibly powerful story done with while it is funny. It 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 does that jo- like Jojo Rabbit is a more extreme version of this, but it's in a similar wavelength. Yeah. Uh, but cool. uh, let me make sure I, I have one more. I think uh, just double checking here. Uh, yes. Um, the other one that I, I, I wanted to recommend as a great pairing with this film was Apocalypse Now. Because if you kind of have a moment of, uh, even though I'm not a huge fan of the movie as a whole, the thing about Apocalypse Now is if you really dug how Come and See kind of is a what was the point mm. kind of movie, th- you can't really get more than Apocalypse Now, a film that as you go further and further along in it, you feel like almost w- uh, you feel like you've lost yourself. Wow. Yeah. Amidst this whole thing. Cool. Uh, and it's an incredible film and then the last one i wanted to do was uh in uh, going off of chase chase's uh if you just want a fucked up film that uh i'll recommend to you the best film that i'll never see again is uh killing of a sacred deer uh yargos lathamos uh film with barry keoghan uh and um uh that was the first time i saw him uh, and wow. he plays the villain in that movie and he's fucking terrifying. Mm. And if you want to know why he's going to make a great Joker, watch that film. And uh, it's anyway, on my list. It's so, on my list. Absolutely. Well, that's that's it, guys. Uh, Chase, where can we find you on the webs? You can always find me on TikTok and also on Twitch at Forward Into The Black. Uh, what can people expect to find from you if they go and find you? Oh, I mean, it's so funny. Uh, I mostly make Star Wars content. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't make a uh, World Wars. War Two yeah. content. I don't. I don't um, do that. Star I, Wars and we have, have Wars. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> just wars. Those, those damn Earth wars. <laughs> those damn um, Earth wars. You no, know, I. I uh, I've definitely delved into talking about like movies that I like. Um, you know, I went through the Saw series. Um, you know kind of in halloween um on twitch i usually play like space simulator so like star citizen elite dangerous starfield stuff like that so uh, that's usually what i do cool beautiful thank you so much for joining us today as well like it was a pleasure to have you and to bring this film and to be able to talk about it um this was great thank you guys yeah no worries man and and um we'd obviously love to have you back for another film at some point as well maybe absolutely give me some time to recover before you put me on to something (laughs) there's a movie i haven't seen Mm. that we should watch we could all we should watch yeah we should watch stalker all right. Ooh, cool. I've heard I've heard good things, and I would love to yeah. I would love to watch that as well. Sounds awesome. Let's let's do it. Um, so you guys can find me at On Second Thought, uh, essentially anywhere, and you'll find me talking uh, g- generally uh, uh, film, TV, and a whole lot of Star Wars. Um, yeah, and uh, you can also find uh, one with the films uh, essentially anywhere you find your social medias. We're on, on Twitter, on Instagram, um, on TikTok, all of those main things, and obviously on YouTube too. And you can find the episodes uh, available to stream on anywhere you get your podcasts afterwards, which is pretty cool. And Kay, uh, writing us out, bro, where, where can people find you? Woo! 
people can find me anywhere that they uh, get social media. I am uh, Movie Man Opinions on everything except uh, Twitter, which is a Movie Man Opinion, which is I only have one opinion that the Bad Batch is brilliant. And uh, but uh, it's a great opinion. It's the correct opinion. And uh, so if you want an expert on his own opinions, call me. And uh, going with that, we also have our next episode to be revealed, which is we are doing Fire Island with Elizabeth Sows. We're doing that. We're doing that next week. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, Elizabeth was on our uh, Lost D&D episode, uh, and we're very excited to have her on the show. It's going to be great. Uh, Elizabeth is a great dear friend of the show and of us personally. Once again, another person that we got a chance to really get to know well at Celebration, Hmm. who's going to be phenomenal to hang out at DiadCon. Guys, we are hosting that opening night party. If you guys are interested in coming, uh, just let us know. We'll make that happen. But thank you guys all so much and as we as always uh i want to close out with a little uh a little quote from my friend raglan uh dear friend of the podcast he says love comes asking for bread <laughs>